Hello, friends. Welcome to the trailer for The Road Taken with C.T. and Bayo. I'm Bayo. A.K.A. Chris Bayo. I've watched Chris bring his sunny positivity and shredding bass lines to stages all around the world for the past 13 years in the band Vampire Weekend. And I'm C.T. Which is short for Chris Thompson. For the past 13 years, you've been my sneakily dark rhythm section partner. We've embarked on a massive world tour and are excited to experience all the thrills and boredom that entails. To help us process our own experiences along the way, we'll be having conversations with peers, idols, and maybe a rando or two. The Road Taken with CT and Bayo, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, coming soon on all podcast platforms. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. It is October 1st. Our board operator, producer, Jim Cunningham, heel producer. What's happening, Jim? Not much, Sal. How are you doing? Well, we made it to October. This is where things get crazy. This is where, you know, what kind of television do you have, Jim? Um, It's a flat screen. I don't know. It's like 42 inches. All right, you need another one. You need sure. maybe, maybe two more because it's too much. There's too much sports. Too many. That is true. You, gotta, you have to have picture in picture or something. Yeah, exactly. NFL, NCAA, NHL starts. Uh, we're going to touch on some puck futures later. Best bets. Captain Morgan, make believe Riverboat Casino. We're going to take a ride on that. MLB playoff odds. Uh, Greg Jennings is coming on. Former Packer great. Marvel in my Lambo leap. He, he said I couldn't do it. I think he owes me an apology, but... Um, Jim, let's first get to your best bet yesterday. Now, last week, you're going to give us a best bet every week. I thought we'd call it Jim's Cunning Classic. I don't know that you've come up with a name yet, but you have a winner in the bank. <laughs> you had Giants minus three. That did well, right? Yeah, they blew them out. Washington's awful. Does it hurt you to root for the Giants? No, not at all. Really? You're a Jet fan, but you yeah, can root for the Giants. Yeah, I'm more of a Jets fan, but a lot of my family is Giants fans, too. All right. That that sickens me already. I don't know if that's a cunning classic. That's a there's a different name for that. But listen, on the line right now, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wizards of wagering, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, brother Bry, Harry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Sal, what's happening? What's going on, buddy? We did it. We had a good week last week. You count Jim's bet and the trifecta and Hill producer Jim went three and one. And I jumped on the winner in Sharp Tank. I bought the Parlay Kids best bet. Parlay Kid, what was your best bet? I, uh, I teased the Patriots and the Chiefs, Sal. So uh, it wasn't a uh, piece of cake, that's for sure. But uh, it was a winner. So uh, we'll take it and we'll move on. That's yeah. why you tease those type of games, right, Sal? That's, That's exactly what right I there. was going to say. That's the perfect teaser game right there, Parlay Kid. If you took the Chiefs minus seven, you lost. If you took the Patriots minus six or whatever, you lost. But if you take the teaser, the two best teams to win, mm. they did just that. And that's that's how you make money, Parlay Kid, right? Because teams try to win, not not cover the spread. Am I right? That, well, I would think that's what they try to do, Sal. I don't... Uh... I wouldn't be surprised if some of them are thinking of the spread, but I think the bottom line in the NFL is get the W, forget the betters, right? So some some is, of them, yeah, it. maybe some of them, maybe a Belichick here and there would try to cover the spread, but what whatever they try to win, these teams are gonna, they're going to be fourteen and two, fifteen and one at the end of the year. Talking about the no Chiefs doubt. and Patriots, and I don't want to apologize. I'm on uh, FS1. I'm on uh, Lock It In every day, and you know on Fridays <laughs> I bet these big money line parlays because I was like, hey. 
yeah, teams try to win. And then you got like a Clay Travis. He gets mad that UCF is up 56 nothing, and he's got them given 47 or something, and they win by 35. I'm like, who, who the hell are you to tell me that you that what UCF is going to win by, 53 or 41, right? No, you don't know what's going through their minds. You don't know who's going to play in the fourth quarter. But we do know the Chiefs are good. We do know the Patriots are good. We teased them. We won. Brother Bry, on the other hand, you were on fire on this show, right? Who did you give out? You had you had the Mystics last week. Who did you have? <laughs> uh, I had the Browns getting seven last week, which couldn't have been easier. I didn't have to sweat that mm-hmm. out at all. Uh, the Browns seemed to make every play on third down. I, yeah, I didn't have to. I mean, that was so easy. I was just in a bar in Montauk, uh, not worrying about that one bit. Uh, that's three in a row, I think. I think I've had 16 of the last. Uh, 23 of my best bets, something wow. like that. But it, it's getting hard to to carry Harry every week. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is getting hard for anyone to carry him, really. But no, I, I should have listened to him. Browns plus seven. I just, they just seemed so undisciplined with the coaching and the penalties and everything. And then they're going on the road. But you know what? These teams are so evenly matched. All these AFC North teams. And we even saw the Steelers make a move. Not the Bengals. They're not evenly matched. They're evenly matched with the bottom teams. And good luck trying to tell me which one's the worst of the uh, the Cardinals, the Redskins, the who, who am I missing? The Dolphins, of course, and uh, and the Bengals. I know I'm missing someone even worse, and all there. Well, but th- yeah, the, there's like, yeah. oh yeah, the Jets. Yeah, at least the Jets don't have their quarterback. I would say that. Right, but, right. Uh, yeah, but Browns plus seven was nice. Now, Harry, you were our only loser. Now, you really, you were very, very cocky. You really were. Two podcasts ago. You're on top of the world. You're tweeting like crazy and making everyone feel bad about their picks. Nebraska, Ohio State over 67 and a half. Someone forgot to tell Nebraska. Didn't score, right? Right. I mean, to be honest, my real best bet of the week was the Bills and the Parlay Kid knows that at plus seven. But still, I did go with Nebraska, Ohio State over 67 and a half. Uh, I don't think this is who uh, the Nebraska higher-ups, they went out and got Scott Frost. It's been a miserable two seasons. Adrian Martinez has digressed from last year. He had three interceptions, no touchdowns. It was an awful game from the get-go. But even after the third quarter, still had 55 points, just needed two touchdowns. But when you have a game like that and they just run the ball and they take it easy, no points scored in the fourth, lands 55, needed two touchdowns, didn't get there. Now, I want to get I want to get to that whole, I know you're bragging about the Bills bet and everything, but uh, a probably kid. I know he bugged it. He liked the Bills money line as much as he liked the Bills plus the points, right? That's what I was hearing. Well, I, 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 so I could go back to uh, probably the first week, and I think Harry was touting that game and how the Bills yeah. would be the first team to beat the Patriots. Yeah, so right. he's pretty much mentioned it almost every week for the last be. month. They still might be one. And of here's the, here, and you know, I want to do this. Uh, this is the only uh, tweet that jumped out at me from Harry. He says, uh, I guess this was Sunday morning or Saturday night. He says, remember, like I said, no one, capital letters, circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, capital letters, let's go Buffalo. Now, a couple problems with this. <laughs> First of all, they didn't circle the wagons. They didn't <laughs> win. That's what you were talking about. You, you were tweeting at, you were telling Simmons they're going to win on the money line, everything. The other problem is, you like I said, is fine, but you didn't say this. This is not your line. This is this is like saying, like I said, give me liberty well, or give me death. That's not your line. You you stole this from Chris Berman. Line. And and I don't know if you're like I know it's not my line, but Berman made such a thing of it in the late '80s, early '90s, and everything that uh, 
I thought it would be funny to bring it back in because the Bills are 3-0. and They're home against the Patriots. The place is going to be rocking. Western New York is going to be the place to be. I thought this might be the time to bring it in. And, that they, and look, a million things could happen. They could have won that game very, very easily. All right. I, don't, I mean, I don't even care about the guy. I guess, Jim, the problem I have is, like I said, because, yeah, you said it, but you said it 30 <laughs> years after the guy who really said it said it. I know, but I thought it would be a little funny. I thought it'd be. A little, I got some good responses. I got un- unlike from you. I got some good responses. Jim, do you, Jim, do you have a good response to this? Not a good one. I just, yeah, I agree with you, Sal. I don't think uh, you should claim that you said that if you're just quoting someone. I, I wasn't claiming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should say like Chris Berman said. Yeah, no right, right. Yeah, so different. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's what it should say. Well, listen, like if Chris you don't Berman know, the Chris, listen, if you didn't know Chris Berman said that, then you don't know shit about sports. <laughs> All right. Well, that could be a good follow-up tweet as well, you know? Sure. <laughs> like like I said, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Like I said. Like I said, I had a dream. <laughs> you should write that down. <laughs> You should, Harry. I'm looking forward to Four the things you said. Seven uh, years every ago. week you should have something else that you said that someone else said. But all right, let's get to the NFL. Games, busy guy. All over are. my tweets, though, but for a busy, busy guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is all. I only, uh, only isolated this one. All right, there's a good one Thursday night. Rams at Seahawks. I'm going to have a pregame uh, bit. I hang out in the uh, Rams tailgate, and I'll have something uh, for you guys Thursday night during the pregame show on Fox. But – Let's take a top three. Now, I guess this is a top three game. Falcons at the Texans. The Texans are laying five points. The over-under is 48 and a half. Both teams, both divisions, both Souths are very, very weird. Both of these teams are big disappointments. I don't recommend anyone bet this. It feels like a preseason game, but I think we should talk about it because it's a top three game. Um, Houston's problem is they can't protect Deshaun Watson. I mean, he was dumped six times last week. They've had four different starting offensive lines in four games. Matt Ryan, you know, they spent money on offensive linemen for him. They went in the draft and got two guys in the first three rounds. He was sacked five times. He was hit 12 times against the Titans. Um, I don't know. Gardner Minshew figured out a way to survive the Titans' uh, front seven. Dan Quinn is, look, I couldn't even find odds for first coach fired. Maybe he's just running away with it. But, uh, Harry, we'll start with you. Let's, let's, uh, Let's get things back going. You took Hopkins ahead of me in the draft. You picked fifth. I took sixth. I got Julio Jones. I think you're probably slightly more disappointed than I am, but neither one a great pick right now. No, no. I mean, uh, look, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over forty eight and a half here. Why? I really don't know. The Falcons have screwed me uh, a couple times already this year. I'm off of them. Uh, Ryan had seven picks total uh, last year. He's got six this year already. Um, like I said, they both screwed me. I'm thinking of the same. This is an under, really. I think this game should go under, but I've been so wrong with them. I'm just going to go the exact other way. The Falcons <laughs> have been awful on the road. I mean, I don't know what else to do here. They've been awful on the road, getting outscored in the first half, 41 to three in their two road games. And Houston can't score at home uh, after putting up 28 and 27 on the road. They've been played awful offense at home. Uh, I, I can't understand. Like, I mean. Maybe Watson can do something. He's got nine touchdowns, only one pick overall, actually, for the season, besides uh, getting having to run for his life, like you said, Sal. But maybe, again, maybe he'll start looking to try to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, like you said, too, because it's been the last two weeks, 40 yards and, like, 28 yards. It's been awful. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the over. I like the under, but it equals under <laughs> to me. So I'm definitely going to be wrong. So I'm going the other way. I'm going over 48 and a half. 
Can I just say, just give you guys a little insight. So I picked the three games, and the, most of the time they're very obvious which the top three games are. And then uh, I'm like, hey, you guys, I don't want all three of you chiming in on every game, so just two of you take each game. Harry's the first one to chime in. I want Falcons-Texans definitely as one of my games, and I want uh, Chiefs-Colts as the other game. You yeah. picked this game to tell us you don't know what to do. You <laughs> like the under, but you're going to go over. Exactamundo. Well, Sal, can uh, I say, too, he, he sent us yeah. a text immediately after this game. I don't know if it was just me and the parlay kid on the one or the three of us. He's like, I'm mm-hmm. never touching another Falcons game again. He's been all <laughs> yeah, the Falcons since the start of the season. I'm not touching them. I'm not touching them. You send it out. First game, he's like, I'll take the Falcons. So Yeah, he, he needs you over. Do we, Harry, we're picking on you because... The I've lost with him. I'm done with him. I know. Harry's leaving the country. We'll get to that later. So we 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 need yeah. to pick on him like we're never going to see him again. All right, Paulie Kid, you actually agree with Harry or disagree with him? I don't know. It's hard to even tell yeah. what's going on anymore. Yeah, so I think uh, normally we kind of go against each other in these type of things. But I'm going to take the Falcons and Texans over as well. This this I kind of agree with Harry as well as saying that I hate both of these teams. I really do. I there's very little to like about either one of these teams. They have some very fine players. Uh, but they're mysteries to me. I, I, I don't know. I look at uh, Quinn and O'Brien. Like They kind of remind me of each other as coaches mm-hmm. for some reason. And I, I don't know why, but they just both continue to maybe underachieve, uh, especially Quinn with the Falcons. And this team is becoming a disaster. You look at the talent they have. They supposedly fixed the line. And look, we can see why Matt Ryan gets hit. He's a statue. That guy is a statue back there. And for... For a BC grad, he comes across as a dope sometimes on the field with some of the decisions he makes. Uh, really, right? And uh, Deshaun, uh, you know, he can run and he's still getting hit back there. And I watched that game very closely uh, this week with, with, in that Texans game. He was pressured on virtually every play. Unfortunately for Deshaun Watson, he had a few opportunities to hit some guys deep when he did have time. And he missed right. Hopkins once or twice, and he missed Fuller once. He could have thrown three deep balls for touchdowns. Usually you're going to connect on one or two. I'm banking that neither of these quarterbacks threw a touchdown last week, so zero touchdowns right. for Matt Ryan, zero for, Deshaun, uh, for Watson. Uh, let's figure that they get back on track here this week. Uh, that's t- typically what happens is that these guys are too good to not have that, uh, to have that happen again. So let's say they're going to both throw some touchdowns. This game goes over, like Harry says. So take the over, and uh, let's try not to watch it too closely, though, this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I hate to write off two divisions. It seems like a, a really a pedestrian uh. g- gambling um, uh, take here, but I really don't trust the NFC South or the AFC South for a couple weeks here. Like, if uh, you have Car- who's playing? Carolina and Jacksonville. Carolina's home. I have no idea what to do with that game. Are you kidding me? There's no way. But, There's other games out there. But don't, right. but don't those quarterbacks – sorry, so not to interrupt, but yeah. don't That's those it. quarterbacks in that Jacksonville Carolina game, though, kind of make it a little intriguing, though, this week? Like, yeah, I guess if so. It, if it, right? I, I kind of like that matchup this week. You know, it's I do like, like that. It a little yeah. bit. I, I, want I can't get enough of Gardner Minshew so far. He did some oh, great yeah. boy, that, And I, I had Denver money line too. And, and Parlay Kid, I think you pointed out, that was a, as nifty as a play gets. The, oh, uh, love that one. Oh, love there. that call. Love that touchdown. Unbelievable. Yeah. You got rookie quarterbacks who are get, taking their first read no matter what. I mean, he went three, four progressions in and uh, found so his nice. play there. All right. Well, 
this is not one that I'm uh, excited about. Um, and we're going to talk to Greg Jennings about this later too. But Cowboys Packers, um, both coming off pretty brutal losses, I would say. The Packers lost to the Eagles. I was there for that. Um, you know, Ryan or I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers looked decent. Um, he threw that pick at the end. That game could have gone in either way. The Eagles ran down their throat with a Sanders-Howard combination. That was remarkable, and that's something, as a Cowboy fan, you don't want to see from the Eagles. Um, but you do want to see it this week when you're playing the Packers, especially since the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott, who maybe should give some of the money back, had such a bad – I mean, he had 17 of his 18 rushes against the Saints. He averaged just two yards, um, and only three of those 17 went for first downs. It was really bad. Uh, and their defense, solid, lost despite not allowing a touch, touchdown. First time since we, uh, 2010. I want to complain a little here, though, Parley Kid. I really do. We both saw it before the first half ended. Zeke did not fumble. That replay proved that he didn't fumble. Oh. And <laughs> I, I, I mean, they, they take this beyond the reasonable doubt stuff really too seriously. Like, what? Did they like, yeah, we got that threshold, so no one's ever going to call us on it. <laughs> the elbow couldn't have been more down in that second angle. And then um, oh, and then the, and then the pass with four seconds left. Like, what do you guys think about this? What, should you be able to run a play? I don't care if it's for the one or two yard line. It's a timing yeah. pattern. I understand you have to see the ball bounce into the stands, but that play took four seconds. That There should be no time left in there. You know in basketball that you can't take a shot with less than .3, right? You can only tip it in. The NFL right. has to establish a rule, right, Parley Kid? Absolutely, Sal. Let's go back to that fumble first. I mean, uh, the, the one side angle uh, certainly showed that it was not a fumble. I give it up for Jason Garrett. So that was a new. That was very rare for Jason Garrett to go for it in that situation. As we know, I love the call. He got the first down. For them not to overturn that, it still miffs me. Again, now every time this happens, are we going to consider that? Well, now the Saints going to get all these calls to go their way, at least those type of calls. I know it will never make up for that botched call last year, but... Man, no, I seem to be on the wrong that. side of every Saints call, whether well, it's you for them or against right, them. Right, so. you, you, yeah. you're right, exactly. So you have a right to argue on both sides. So yeah. you know that this was not a fumble. And yes, they run that play with four seconds. There's definitely a little home cooking there with the clock. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, like, like the, uh, whoever... The referee, uh, not the referee, but the guy who comes on and uh, uh, talks to oh, the, the expert, uh, the yeah, the officiating yeah, the expert. expert. Yeah. Uh, his name is slipping my uh, memory right now, but he, you know, that ball does not, that clock does not stop until that ball hits so- something out of bounds, right? Well, that's hits what I thought, but bounds. then someone told me no, that that's what he said. No, that's yeah. what he said. He said that ball, yeah. that that clock does not stop until, uh, at least that's what he said, until that ball hits the ground out of bounds. Wow. They, they got a little break I mean, there. That's a five and, uh, or six or seven second play then, if that's the case. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I but who so. do you like in this yeah. game? Well, Sal, let's look for our Cowboys to rebound here. Uh, let's look for them to cover the three and a half points. Um, the over has cashed in on 18 of the Packers' last 25 on the road. Uh, and the over has cashed in at seven of the Cowboys' last 10 home games. So this is a good recipe uh, for this game uh, to go over, even though I'm not taking the over, Sal. So I'm a little confused here myself. I'm going with the points here, Sal, right? Not the over, or should I take the over? 
Can we start again on this set? <laughs> what do you want to do? Yeah, do whatever you want. Harry changes mind, so go ahead. Whatever you want. <laughs> I got a flight, Darren. Remember, I got a flight. Well, originally I was going over, and then I was taking the Cowboys at minus three and a half. So uh, let's go with the Cowboys minus the three and a half. You know why, Sal? This is why I changed this, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. It looks like Devontae Adams isn't playing, and the Cowboys are still minus three and a half. I kind of like right. that. You take Devontae Adams off the field for the Packers, who scares you in that lineup? Literally no one is going to yeah. scare you in that lineup. Rodgers can carry a team. We know that. But let's look. Like I said, with the Texans offense bouncing back, and we have the Falcons offense possibly back and bouncing back, this Cowboys offense, they had a little blip here. So everybody's freaking out. Oh, look what the Cowboys finally did when they played a good team. Look, this is what the whole NFL does, right? When they play bad teams, they, they, they dominate. That's what the good teams do, and the players pad their stats. Packers are not a bad team. They're a very solid team, but Prescott gets back on track. Hopefully the Cowboys don't force the run. We like when they run the ball, but they don't always need to force it. Hopefully Gallup is back in the lineup for the Cowboys, which could make a huge difference. Uh, Look for Cobb to get back on track. He kind of had a bad game against the Saints. the The Cowboys dominate this game. I think they're going to win this game by two scores. Cowboys take them minus the three and a half. So, all right, there you go, brother and Brian. If you want you to take the over, I, take it. I, I'm a little he want concerned. Me to talk that I hit, so it's okay. <laughs> no, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers just kills us. I get bad memories of it. He just, uh, I think he's won the last three in Dallas. Sixteen touchdowns, two interceptions. I know where's it going to go to uh, with Adams out. It's going to be Marcus Scantling and. Uh, and Geronimo Allison all day. Uh, I feel like Graham is back in the mix now. Brother Brian, what, what do you like? You're agreeing with your brother, right? Well, I think there's a great reverse jinx by you. I know that you uh, kind of don't like the Cowboys in the spot. Look, huge game for both teams. Well, finally, I think we're going to determine maybe after this week who is for real. I still don't really trust LaFleur and the Packers yet. I'm still not sure if they're that good. Um, I don't know. There's something about them offensively. And now with Adams, you know, Potentially, there's a good chance he's going to be out. But if you also look at their defense, they're in the bottom seven against the run, which isn't going to be good against Dallas. Uh, I think they're going to, I do think against the Cowboys, they're going to struggle to score here. Uh, also, if you look at the Cowboys, five and two against the spread in their last seven at home. I just, uh, I don't know. There's nothing here. I, I don't love uh, anything I've really seen in the Packers. There's something about them. I Even though they're three and one, I this to me seems not much different than the last few years hmm. well yeah we just have to figure out what defense is going to show up also because they definitely took the week off in the thursday game which thursday games are weird against the eagles they they showed up adrian amos right. preston smith all, all the additions are are uh, in place and we're doing well and, and in fact it was it was not matt lafleur's offense that was doing it for the packers it was the defense yeah. and then what do we see we see the packers score points and their defense i mean you just you could just run right through them that's that's a nice recipe for uh for Ezekiel Elliott coming off a bad game. Um, right, and their first the, three weeks out, too, is Trubisky, Cousins, and Flacco. So, we, you know, right. their defense, their defense, I think, has definitely improved, but we still don't know how good it is. Right. Speaking of go. defense, right. <laughs> how <laughs> the, third the Cowboys game. got Robert Quinn for a six-round pick? Holy smokes, that guy. He's is. amazing. He's, He's in on every oh, play. Oh, baby. Oh, man. Moving on to the Sunday night game, Chiefs and Colts. Colts minus 11, over-unders 57. Uh, 
Boy, that Chiefs-Lions game was great. Mahomes, and by the way, I know the Parley kid, one of his favorite bets is betting over one and a half touchdown passes mm. for most of these guys, over yeah. two and a half for Mahomes. That's really the only guy you could do with it. He came up one game shy of tying the NFL record for consecutive games with two or more touchdown passes. I think Manning had like 15. Um, Chiefs dominate in September, 12-0, and 0, last 12 September games. I think they were 10-1-1 against the spread. Brother Bri, you, I think you benefited from one of those ties uh, a couple weeks ago against the Ravens. Um, and then there's the Colts who came down to, back down to earth in that AFC South. You just don't know. It's so chaotic. Uh, it's not Brissett's fault, but now you got, you got, you know, Hilton's banged up. You got uh, Mac is maybe out, I think. I haven't even checked on him. 11-point favorite. Harry, you like the Chiefs? You like the Colts? Over or under? Uh, I like over 57 here, Sal. Um, the Chiefs are second in total yards in the NFL. The first in scoring, 38 points a game. Um, both quarterbacks, uh, not just Mahomes, but like you said, Brissett, he's been playing really well. Both quarterbacks combined. 20 passing touchdowns and only two picks combined. Pretty good. Um, three of the last four games Kansas City's played, they've been in the 60s. Uh, I believe um, three of four for the uh, Colts have been in the 50s. So in, being in the 50s, you're playing Kansas City, you got to think that you're going to get a little more extra points. Um, Mahomes is going for 378 yards a game. 378 a game. And, uh, you know, the, the running game has been good for the Colts, too. You, you mentioned Mac may be questionable, um, you know, is questionable, but he's getting almost five yards a carry. That's allowing Brissett to open up the offense a bit and find other people. So, uh, you know, I think not, and also 19 of the last 22 Colts games at night have actually gone over. So uh, 57 here, I, again, like I said a couple weeks ago before the uh, Baltimore game with Kansas City, create, just can't take unders with Kansas City. I'm going to go over here with 57 on Sunday night. All right, and this isn't over you believe in. This isn't like uh, the other game where you picked an over because you liked it under, right? Right. Actual- well, also, this is also Sunday night. Al Michaels is going to be at the game, but still, regardless of him being at the game, I still like over 57. Uh, Jim Cunningham, get ready with the GIF. Here we go. More Al Michaels talk. We know how that uh, the fires up the home team. Exactly. <laughs> you're going to have to figure something out. Uh, all right, Brother Bry, you're going to take a side here. Yeah, um, I like the Colts a little bit here, plus 11. I do like the over here as well. Uh, one thing we do know is the Chiefs D, uh still isn't good. It struggled severely against the run uh, pretty much in all their games. Minus 11 seems like a lot for the Chiefs here. Um, I think when you when you look at the Colts again, I think the Colts are at least a pretty decent team. I think the, against the Raiders, it was just one of those games they got off to just a really rough start. And once they fell behind, that was pretty much it for them. And plus they had a, just a ton of injuries. I'm assuming Hilton will be back this week. Uh, I'm assuming this is also assuming probably Mac. I mean, he'll probably be that he could be a game time decision, but they might, might also get back some of the defensive players. Uh, I think Leonard might be playing this week. I mean, he had a concussion. So I, when you look at the Colts the last two years, they really haven't had many bad games. The Raider game was a bad game. And, uh, the Chiefs game in the playoffs, they, of course, it was against the Chiefs. They they played poorly, but Frank Reich hasn't had back-to-back bad games. So I think this is going to be a game where the Colts will score. They'll stay in it, uh, maybe uh, a late score to to get them within seven. So I'm going to say uh, this is like a 34-27 game, Chiefs. All right. Brother Bry got bit by the Chiefs 
spread a couple weeks ago, like I said. Yeah, listen, the underdog, the back door is always open with this Chiefs defense, that's for sure. So 11's a lot. You only have to be in the 15, 16, 17 range in the fourth quarter if you're the Colts. And I don't know why the Chiefs would get so up for this game that they'd want to win by three touchdowns. They might just do it by accident. Um, And then again, you know, like I said, no one circles the wagons like the Kansas City Chiefs. I've said that (laughs) over and over, right? Mm -hmm. Did I say that, Jim? I can't remember who said that. All right, that was me. All right, hey, let's take a break real quick. You know, I am teaming up with FanDuel. I don't know if you know this. To give you people a chance to play fantasy football against me, Bill Simmons, and the Degenerate Trifecta. And the best part, the winner gets to fly out to Puerto Rico to be our official correspondent for FanDuel's World Fantasy Football Championship Live Finals. You'll get an all-expense-paid trip to enjoy four days' worth of WFFC events in Puerto Rico, including an exclusive beach after party with a live performance by Ludacris. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Ringer to enter and draft your week five fantasy team before the games kick off on Sunday. Um, I'll tell you right now, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. I'm taking the Patriots defense and I'm filling in from there. And then I'm not going to give you my full lineup. I won $10. Bri, did you win last week or, or Polly kid? Uh, no, I came in uh, like 450th again. Um, <laughs> Out of uh, eight hundred, so I think it was all right. Just outside, the yeah. I think I won some money. money. I think I won some money last week. That's a good thing. It's very, very hard to, uh, very hard to come in last place when there's so many people. Uh, uh, Absolutely, enter, you know? yeah, yeah. That's good. All right, and remember, you can play against me, Bill, the Degenerate Trifecta, and the Ringer Listener League on Fanduel. Doesn't matter if you missed last week; you could still take home the top prize. Just go to Fanduel.com/slash/Ringer to enter now. That's Fanduel. Dot com slash ringer. Now, Major League Baseball. We can't ignore it. There's a wild card game going on right now. We're taping this Tuesday night. And let me see. Oh my God. Three nothing Brewers. I went Nats run line and I went, this is great. I went Nats run line and I bet under four and a half home runs in the game, which was even. And the Brewers already have two. That's great. Grandal and Thames <laughs> uh, homered. Good job by me. What? Um, oh, I know sure, but that's Scherzer a wild card game. Another first inning home run, though. Did he really? Yeah. I thought crazy. his first five. I thought he had a good first five or something. I was like, he hasn't really been good in September, but he's shut down the Brewers. Ah, a mess. I'm gonna lose this. All right, but there's other games. Then there's uh, the Rays at A's tomorrow. Um, then the established series: Atlanta, St. Louis later in the week. Uh, the Yankees, Twins, and then the Dodgers will play the winner of the the National League wild card and the Astros play the winner of the American League wild card. Now, these Astros are a two-to-one favorite to win it all. That's as low as it gets, right, guys, entering the uh, playoffs? But yeah, 107, sure. yeah, uh, 107 wins, they really do seem like they have the arms. They have that one stat with balls in play, which is lower than anyone in, like, in the last decade or something. It's crazy. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a chance. Who you got? You got best bet. You can go, you can go uh, World Series. You can go nationally, you can go American League, you can go uh, series in one of these established uh, matchups. Let's start with you, Parley Kid. Well, I'm not going to play around here, Sal. And for as much as I would love to see uh, my Yankees and uh, Brother Bry's Yankees advance to the World Series, I just don't think they can get by the Astros. So I'm taking the Astros and Dodgers as the World Series matchup at Plus 207, kind of an interesting number uh, mm. right there. But, but, yeah, I mean, I think so. Look, I'll give you the reasons for not taking the Yankees because I'm a Yankee fan. But, and Brian knows this, 
if they're fortunate enough to get through the first round, which I think they will defeat the Twins, and I think the Astros will take care of business on their end, the Yankees just have too many holes in their lineup in terms of strikeouts. And with these power arms that the Astros are going to throw at you, they're just the most well-rounded team right now. The Yankees have had too many injuries to overcome. They just lost their, uh, you know, Herman, their winningest pitcher this year due to uh, the domestic violence issue, which mm-hmm. uh, obviously well-deserved on his part to be suspended. Um, I, and their bullpen is tiring right now for the Yankees. This Astros team is, they, they, have they gone through any type of, uh, haven't, they've been peaking, I think, towards the end of the year. The Yankees, I think, are a little, getting a little tired, I think, with all the injuries, they're catching up. This Astros team is still surging. Sal, Verlander, Go, uh, Cole, Granke, this pitching staff, first in batting average against, third in ERA, second in whip, and look, it's the same formula for the Dodgers with their pitching staff. Um, they're second in batting average against, first in whip, uh, second in ERA, two great staffs. This is what it comes down to in the playoffs. Both these teams are kind of on a mission to make it this year to the World Series. At plus 207, I still like the fact that I'm getting some, some decent odds there. I think this is the matchup. Let's take it. All right. That's interesting because it's almost the same odds as the Astros just to win the World Series. So you could take the Astros, hope that they get by the NL team and not have to worry if the Dodgers get upset. But on the other hand, you think the Dodgers could maybe beat them in the World Series, right? Is that why you would take that? I think that's the, I think they're the one team because they can match up with the arms. You know, their, their right. arms can match up. I still think the Astros will, would be the favorite in that World Series. That's for All sure. Right. But uh, if there's any team that can go with them, it's the Dodgers. All right. Uh, Harry, you, you tried to take the, uh, the Nationals today, and I was like, no, don't do it, stupid. We're going to be doing a podcast during that game. They might not be around, and you're not going to get 8-1 to one odds anyway, anyone who's listening, because uh, Jim Cunningham's going to put this up later tonight. And you're like, all right, but I'm telling you, now they're down 3 nothing. Anyway, it, it, does, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> then you switch gears. You went back to your old roots, the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, the Atlanta Braves at four to one to win the National League pennant. Um, last year, the Braves did get a uh, a taste of the postseason, losing three games to one in the division series to Los Angeles. Uh, they only batted one fifty four as a team there, and they only had two home runs. Now, uh, to get to the Dodgers in the National League Championship Series, uh, something the Braves can do and did a lot this year is hit a lot of home runs. Freeman had thirty eight; he had one hundred twenty one RBIs. What a season! Acuna Jr. at forty one, Donaldson. At 37, and I love this matchup against the Cards. The Cards uh, were 24th in the majors in home runs, while the Braves were eighth. Um, the Cardinals were 23rd in uh, average when the Braves were uh, ninth, and the Braves were also seventh in runs scored. Cardinals 19th. I think this is a sweep for the Braves against the Cards. And then when they get to the Dodgers, um, if it turns into defense, the Dodgers had 25 more errors than the Braves did. And I know it's a long shot because the Dodgers are rolling everywhere, except maybe if you can keep it close. You can get a couple home runs, keep these games close. The Achilles heel for the Dodgers really is their closer, uh, Kenley Jansen. I mean, I don't know if he's going to – he's no guarantee. So do you go to Medea instead, you know, at that certain juncture mm-hmm. in the eighth or ninth inning? Because Jansen is no guarantee. Right. All right. Brother Bry, you hate this pick. You hate this Braves pick. We were all over the Cardinals – Right around mid-season, right? We had them to win the division. And what were their odds? What did we, we loved them to win the division, right? Well, to make the playoffs, they were, I think midway through the season, they were 
44 and 44. They finished up, uh, the Cardinals finished up 47 and 27 in the second half, but they were like mm-hmm. three to one to make the playoffs yeah. at that point in time. I'm not even, I can't yeah. even remember what they were to win the division. It was probably, I think like they were like five to one. to one, five or six to one yeah. to win the division. Yeah. yeah. But can I say, what is it with Harry between, it's like, I know you say he has his quirks in terms of what he picks between like upstate New York, Arizona, or Atlanta. You, I knew as soon as you told him he couldn't pick the Nationals tonight, I, you knew it was going to be the Braves. It's just something about uh, Atlanta. You know what? I, I should be smarter, too. I, I know. You're right. I, I should just let him take the, the Nationals, and then he could have talked his way out of it. He would have had to hype up the Nationals, who are down 3 nothing now, and that would have been the way. To, that would have been the funny <laughs> way to go. Aren't we bored of watching the Dodgers? Aren't we bored of it? Come on, let's get somebody fresh in there. <laughs> We're bored of <laughs> losing can't, money. Can never That's get true. It. By the way, the Braves also had the same record on the road as the Dodgers, so they won't be afraid to go to Chavez Ravine and steal a game. All right. Brian, you like the Cardinals, yeah. though. That's your yeah, point. so I like the Cardinals. You can find them uh, to find uh, the Cardinals against Atlanta, that is, in this year. So you can find them. Uh, I was looking for value. I didn't really love value in any of the first-round matchups. I thought this was the only one that gave you a little bit of value, anywhere from plus 110 to plus 130. Like we said, second half of the year, they they played great. They're 47 and 27. Uh, they had top, they were top five ERA for starters and relievers this year, which is going to be key in the playoffs, um, especially with the le- relievers. They get Flaherty for two of the five starts, um, and he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball so far. I just think their veteran bats, while while they have been so inconsistent throughout the year, I think between Goldschmidt and Zuna, some of those guys are going to get some key hits in this series, and I see the Cardinals win in uh, five. Yeah, and Brian, I saw the Cardinals at 7-1 to one to win the National League, and it's not bad because they, they played them tough. They played the Dodgers tough at Chavez Ravine, and I think they swept them when they went to St. Louis. I'm pretty sure that was the case. So they're going to be, I think they're going to be around in the end. Now, Parlay Kid, you did something. I don't know if you meant to do this, but you put the Yankees in the uh, ALCS against the Astros. I'd say not so fast. I know they won four yeah. to six against the Twins. They had, yeah. I, that was a crazy series in July. There were like 57 combined runs yeah. with 20 home runs. Um, but I think that this is being played in the first week of October before it gets cold and the bats die. I think that that favors the Twins a little. Severino played this team, uh, started against them in the wild card. I think in 2017, he got one out and he was out. I, I just can't believe the home runs. I know it doesn't matter late in October, but my, it might still. Like You got Nelson Cruz, Kepler, and Sano. There's 100. Rosario, another 31. I think like eight players hit 20 or more home runs. You're going to have Happ and Sabathia could end up in the bullpen. They have trouble against righties. Uh, you, you brought up all the problems with Paxton and Canarcion. You don't know what, what's going to be with these guys. I think there's going to be a million pitchers used in this series. It's going to be a crapshoot, and I'd rather have the plus 145. Are you little? You have to be a little nervous about this Twins team, right? Yeah, I'm very nervous. You know, I think, uh, you know, the Yankees, it's hard to say when the Yankees overachieve, you know, Sal, like, because nobody wants to hear that. There's still a team with a big payroll. And, uh, but I really do think they overachieved this year. Um, the yeah, twins no have had a remarkable, that. no, but right. Nobody wants to hear that. Uh, the twins, the twins have, uh, have had a remarkable year for themselves. I think though, anything less that the Yankees were to get bounced out of this round, uh, against the twins, I think it would be, um, uh, be termed a disappointment. Uh, for the Yankees, I think they'll just find a way to get through this series. I don't buy like well how the Yankees have owned the Twins in the playoffs. This this team has nothing to do with any teams that have beaten the Twins teams over the years. Really, 
and vice versa for the Twins teams. This is a different look. Baldelli's done a great job as their manager over there for the Twins. Uh, yeah, I'm worried about it, and I, I do believe that uh, it, this season would kind of turn uh, be a bust for the Yankees to not get through this round, I think. You know? the twin, they surprised they everyone. Paul, was it you or was it Brother Brian who was with me on the Cleveland? Uh, I think there were three back at the uh, All-Star break, yeah. and they caught up. We liked them to win yeah. that division. The twin, Twins just never went away. They really yeah, didn't. That was Brother series, I Yeah, I was on yeah. that with you, Sal. I liked them to win. They were like six to one midway through the season. Then they became a favorite because they took a one game lead a uh, right. couple, you know, like maybe five weeks in or something like that. But then if you look, the one thing I'll say about the Twins, though, is that central schedule was so bad. I mean, it was just yeah, like sure. you look, yeah. it was like, oh my God, they're playing the White Sox again, the Royals again, the Tigers again. They're, they're not going to lose right. at some point. Yeah. I mean, it was the same with the Indians at one point in time. Their schedule was so easy. So it's hard to say with the Twins. I'm not right. as concerned as there. So I must say, too, um, and I'm sure like like you and Brian maybe and even Harry, I did hit on a lot of my baseball uh, futures from the beginning of the year. I had the tw- uh, Indians over, the Royals yeah. under. Uh, I had the Braves midseason. I gave you that they would go over. And uh, Hicks, Aaron Hicks, I called it. I said he would never make it. 22 and a half home runs. He went way under. I'm curious to know how the rest of us did. I made that's a conversation for another day. You know what? You're right. I should have pulled those up for. Uh, I, I did not do well. I went against all the old players to uh, to go under the home, home runs, run. and the crews yeah. killed me. Pujols killed me. That that didn't work this year. But we could uh, we could do a more formal read of those uh, next week. But uh, uh, Jim Cunningham, you have any baseball thoughts? Uh, I agree with Parlay Kid. I like the Astros and the Dodgers coming out, which kind of sucks because I'm more of a Yankees fan. But um, to quote Harry, there's no crying in baseball. So. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, you Darren did say that, didn't football you? Football after uh, the Cowboys Saints thing with Darren the other night, that elbow thing. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Harry, don't deflect. That was a good, that was a good joke. That was funny. Come on. All right. That brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the degenerate trifecta and I set sail tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events. I did the Lambo Leap. I attempted it. I got it on the third attempt. I know I've talked about this ad nauseum. You've heard it on Simmons on Lock It In if you follow me at all. If you don't, buckle in. You're going to hear it again. Um, I took it from the side. That was the way to do it. It's definitely easier without pads. You got to get your armpit over that wall. You have to have some uh, burly, drunk Wisconsinite grabbing you and, and pulling you with all his might. And uh, then you have a chance. And that's what I did. But it got the captain thinking, what is the greatest celebration in all of sports? Is it the Lambeau Leap at five to two odds? Is it the Icky Shuffle made popular by Icky Woods at six to one? Is it the sports bra celebration, eight to one? I don't know. I've only really seen it once, but we have to throw that out. We're, we're equal opportunists here at, uh, against the odds. Or is it the squid on ice, 15 to one? Who does that? Detroit parlay, parlay kid? Yeah, they have the red one. You got to sit there with a squid the whole time uh, underneath your feet and then uh, get it over the uh, glass. Or we can go field, three to one odds. Uh, let's start with you, Harry. You know, I'm going to go with a favorite set. I'm going to go Lambo Leap at 5-2. This is something that uh, wasn't a flash in the pan or a one-hit wonder celebration. Longevity counts a lot here. Uh, this has lasted since Leroy Butler started this deal, like you said, on Fox uh, so many years uh, so many years ago. And and you did it last week, Sal, and, you know, like you just said, and I got to say, 
did it pretty good. Very impressive. Thank you. And that was no, let me tell you, there was no trick photography there. We had a mini trampoline and that was going to be the joke. I was going to miss, I was going to miss. And on the third attempt, I was going to try it on a mini trampoline. We weren't going to see the trampoline. Then I was going to plunge into the, into the stands and then we'd cut away and see the trampoline. But they were like, no, you did it. Why do we have to do that? But yeah, the Lambo Leap is great. It's a six-foot wall. I recommend anyone trying it. It's a lot of fun. Um, Brother Bri, what's your greatest celebration in sports? Yeah, I'm going to say the Lambo Leap here, too. Look, it's the one celebration in sports between the players and fans. I mean, I'm trying to think where else that really happens. I mean, maybe in college when you get everybody, you know, bum-rushing the field. Uh, but... I'm I'm curious to know. I know you said as long as you have some burly guys in that front row that you could get them up. Like who would have to be in that front row for them to get Harry up? It's like who like <laughs> you would have to have Triple, like you know, Triple world's H, strongest man. The Rock. That that Mark should be Henry. the event in like the world's strongest man competition. Like the guys <laughs> the strongest guys at the top and he's gotta get Harry up over. <laughs> that would be a good one. I like um, that. But yeah, I, like I, I, I do love that one and I, I'm I'm probably biased now since you since you did it. So. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a classic. All right. Uh, what do you say, Parley Kid? I'm going to be taking Albert Icky Woods from UNLV and the Cincinnati mm. Bengals at 6-1 to one here, Sal. I really miss the days of the individuality of the TD celebration, right? Even the other day, the Saints pick off a pass, and you know how it goes now. These guys all go into the end zone, like, and they, they pose for the camera. They look at it. There were 16 guys who posed for the Saints the other day after uh, an interception took place. That means five of those guys had nothing to do with the play itself, but they just like, this is what these guys do now. Icky Woods, so we can all remember the dance, right? Right now, almost how many years later? Almost basically 30 years later right now, Mm -hmm. we can all remember the dance. Right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. (laughs) Hop, 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 spike, then the woo to end it. We could all do it. Beat that. When was the last time we saw something like that? Let's bring stuff like that back. Let's make this game more fun than it is. Take Icky at 6-1. to one. It's true. Jim, that it's true. like yeah, the cheat you... code for a Contra. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> you could do it. Yeah, if you watched it enough, you could do it. There are so many great ones. By the way, the Mets Big Apple, that apple coming up is nice, too. That's that's just a classic. A big Apple, New York fans should love that, Yankees or Mets. But you know what? I'm going to go off the board here. Maybe the captain disqualifies me because this isn't really a celebration. It inspires a celebration, a potential celebration, and then they bring it back. It's a celebration. The Rally Monkey, the Anaheim or Los Angeles Angels Rally Monkey. Now, it, it debuted in June of 2000. The Angels were losing to the Giants 5-4 in the bottom of the ninth. I think it was like two video board operators took a clip of a monkey jumping around from Ace Ventura and superimposed the words uh, rally monkey on it. Angel scored two runs and won the game. It was so popular, they got the monkey from Friends to be the official rally monkey. And then the 2002 World Series, again against the Giants, game six, Angels are home. They're losing 5-0. They're losing the series 3-2. They play this rally monkey. I happen to be there in the seventh inning. The fans went crazy, and the Angels scored six runs. And Spezio hit like a three-run homer, and then they scored three more times, and they won 6-5. Two days later, they were champs. So I, I give it up for the rally, Monkey. Very, very underrated uh, celebratory tool or animal. Jim Cunningham, what's yours? 
Yeah, I was going with the field too. Uh, there's a lot of good ones like T.O. with the Sharpie, Joe Horn with the cell phone, Randy Moss mm. moaning, Joe Buck at Lambeau Field. Uh, do you remember the 2007 Fiesta Bowl when Boise State won on the Statue of Liberty play and then the yeah, running, sure. running back proposed to his cheerleader girlfriend? That was good. Except they got married <laughs> and I don't know. That kind of takes away from it. I don't think you should be able to get married at like 21. Um, yeah. So I was thinking, I, my favorite's probably... It's only I only know of three people doing it, or it happening three times. It's Doug Baldwin in Super Bowl Forty Nine, but it was made famous by Adam Carolla on the Man Show. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he squats and holds the there football behind him and pretends to take a crap on the field, drops the football. Right. Okay. He yeah, also I mean, did it for Tom Cruise's mom, right? He did it for Tom Cruise and his mom. I have a picture of it. Uh, they came over to watch football at Jimmy's. Um, yeah, it was a nice little moment for uh, Tom Cruise's mother. <laughs> Cruz had no idea what to do about it. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. No, no. There's a million uh, single celebrations. What do you think about the uh, Brother Bry's uh, idea about the, like who would have to pull Harry up? Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. The Mountain from Game of Thrones or like one of those guys. <laughs> Someone like that. Yeah. All right. Just get a crane. Well, I, you know, Harry, I don't know if you know this. Tate lucky never I don't used know who that his, is, Jim. You don't know. That's right. Tate never gave you this much trouble, Harry. I don't know if you, you're keeping score. All right. That's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. Let's go to Sharp Tank. Let's pick winners. You guys were two and one last week. Um, I jumped on the right side. Parlay Kid made a nice teaser for us. Which one? Um, Harry, you know what? Let's start with you because you uh, you came up on the losing end. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I think I need to break the streak on uh, the best bets. You know, the football, I'm, I'm not picking the right game overall, even though I am winning a little bit here and there. I can't get the right game in this sort of deal. So I'm going to go to my, uh, I'm going to go back to what I really think I do know. And this week, I'm going away from football. The Shriners Hospital for Children opens, and the PGA is in Las Vegas this week. Oh, my God. I am going to go, yes, I'm going to go with Patrick Cantlay to finish in the top 10 at plus 110. Last year, he finished second, shooting at 20, 20 under. In 2017, he won this tournament, which is only two appearances there. He's there this week again, obviously, plus 110 for the top 10. Going back to golf, Patrick Cantlay, top 10. Parley kid, this is despicable. I mean, we've hit October. Yeah. It should be a joyous occasion. There's uh, yeah, college I mean, football, it's, there's it's, pro football. There's you baseball. Knew, you knew something was up when I didn't. I didn't let you know what was up. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. that was rough. I knew something was up when you yeah, said something told that you was no. going on right. during the podcast. Yeah. Uh, all right, Parlay kid, you, please tell me you don't have golf here. No, I don't, Sal. Uh, if I were to do uh, that, that's that is despicable. It was a great week, Sal. We got NHL starting. Yeah. There's just so much going on right now. College basketball is starting to get into the swing. NBA, too. You're starting to hear talk about this stuff. Uh, play Baseball playoffs. Huge week in the NFL. Uh, you you know, very big week. Uh, this is always an upset week in college football, by the way. I read that today. Oh, right, right. I think there's, there's nine top 15 teams playing unranked teams. And I think mm -hmm. in the last several years, there's always an upset this week amongst the top 15 team. So look out for that. So if I were to take my normal NFL parlay, I'd be going with the I'd be taking a five teamer with the Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, <laughs> Eagles, and Vikings this week at plus right. two seventy five. I'm just throwing that out there, but I'm not going to be giving you that. So listen, we have a huge 
UFC fight going on. We have a lot of fans in Australia and New Zealand, right? We do have a lot of listeners from there. So they're really into this fight this week with Whitaker and Adesanya, right? Great UFC fight. So it's about as even as you get on, on the lines right here. It's Whitaker's minus 110, Adesanya's minus 120. I'm going to be taking Whitaker at minus 110. Uh, Whitaker had some major brawls uh, with Romero. Uh, he hasn't fought in a while. Whitaker had some injuries. But this guy is as tough as they come. Adesanya, I like him. A little bit of a pretty boy. But I do really like him. I, I think I've won some money with him in the past. But in his last fight with Gastelum, uh, I think Gastelum definitely exposed some of Adesanya's weaknesses. That fight was a tremendous fight, maybe a fight of the year candidate. But I think Whitaker learned a lot from that fight, from, from watching that fight. I think he ekes out a victory here. I like him at minus 110. I know uh, the uh, Australia fans and uh, New Zealand fans are going to really be keeping an eye on this one. So let's take Whitaker, minus 110. He's just a bulldog, that guy. They call him the Reaper for a reason. Oh, all right. There you go. All right, Brother Bry, you've been red hot. Who are you taking? Okay. um, I will say, yeah, I do. I kind of like Whitaker a little bit, although it's a tough one to say. Uh, But uh, this is going to be a weird best bet. But I'm sticking with uh, the big underdog. For some reason, when I look at this line, Utah State plus 28 against LSU, I really like it. I think LSU is going to be looking ahead to their next four games where they're going to have Florida, Mississippi State, Auburn, and Alabama. I feel like they're going to want to get out of this game healthy. And when you look at Utah State, Jordan Love's stats have been down this year, but he's still one of the best QBs in college. They're going to score points on LSU. I don't think that's going to really be an issue. Enough to stay within the 28. They're typically good against the spread. They're 4-1 and one against Four and one against the spread in the last five, and I think this is going to be a game again. They're they're maybe not on the level of a Central Florida, but they're close uh, when you look at them. So I think they're going to be they're going to be out to prove a point here. And again, I think LSU is going to kind of just want to get out of this game. They easily could have beaten Wake Forest in that first game. Wake Forest is a pretty tough team, so I think twenty eight is way too many. I think they keep this to within seventeen twenty points. All right. So let me go over these. Harry took a PGA event, can't lay top 10 at plus 110. I I mean, every time I think I couldn't be more disappointed in Harry, he he proves me wrong. He steps it up. So I'm going to, I mean, honestly, I don't even think Joe House, Joe House would be uh, ashamed of that pick in in October or the first week in October. So I'm going to pass on that, Harry. Um, Parlay Kid, I bet Adesanya on uh, lock it in today. Man, I just I don't know why I like him so much. He just like picks opponents apart. Whitaker hasn't fought in a while. He's got the reach advantage. I know he's a little bit of a pretty boy. He's got the height advantage. Um, uh, uh, by the way, the best bet is probably that this fight is called off like uh, Saturday morning or something. The way he had Whitaker <laughs> is uh, bowel problems and and chicken pox yep. or whatever else, but. I'm going to pass. I'm going with the hot hand. Brother Bry, Utah State plus 28. Yeah, probably looking ahead, LSU. They don't need to win this game by uh, five touchdowns. Brother, Brother Bry is really – Brother Bry said Minshew at 15-1 to 1 for Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year was a good number. Now it's down to 3-1. to 1. Pretty good all around, Brother Bry. Uh, McCole Hardman, by the way, my pick 50-1 to 1 now. It was 25-1. to 1. That's what a minus 1.1 uh, fantasy day will do. To the, I mean, that, that seems impossible for a Chiefs wideout, but that's what he did. But Brother Bry is hot. I'm taking Utah State plus 28 with you. Um, all right, guys, sign off. Now, these guys would kill me if I didn't let them take a hockey uh, future. I am not going to pretend I did any research on this. I've had too much uh, football and a little baseball. 
to uh, to oversee. Let's start with you, Parley Kid. Make it real quick. Who do you like for your out? Oh, and uh, and tell us what you're up to this weekend. Yeah. Okay, so I'll keep it real quick. Uh, don't worry about what I'm up to this weekend. I'm just traveling again. So uh, I'm so listen. I'm at the Chalk Talker. I like the Lightning this year, plus six fifty to win the uh, Stanley Cup. Like I gave Virginia uh, in the NCAA basketball tournament last year. At this time, I gave them at fifteen to one. They won a redemption tour this year, uh, and I think the Lightning this season are on a redemption tour. They will not match the 128 points they got last year, but this is not about the regular season for them. It's going to be all about the postseason. They're the most well-rounded, most potent team in the NHL. This year, they get it done, plus 650, Tampa Bay Lightning. All right. but Real quick, I want to ask, and maybe no one knows the answer to this, but like in – in the NFL, you might want to take the Patriots early before the season at like six to one because then something like this happens. They're four and yeah. zero, and they play a schedule yeah. where they're you know the first eight teams are, and that those odds are going to go down. In the NHL, are you going to get are the Lightning going to get much worse than plus six fifty as you near playoff time? Keeping in mind that the eight seed typically not typically, but it's not rare that they upset the one seed. You know what I mean? Yeah, brother Bride, take that away because I know you know that answer. <laughs> it doesn't matter because it's because Brian, because Brian, because Brian will tell you you're right probably Sal I, I do think you're right that won't especially because they're not going to have the year they probably had last year either so I don't I don't think uh, that will change too dramatically you could probably get that same number probably a little bit later on in there maybe not in April or maybe yeah. not in March. But you might see that number still in January or December. You might. I'm just looking at our guy, and this was a this was a, a once in a lifetime. But what what was his name? Scott. Uh, what's his name? He had a this won two hundred fifty thousand. He was going to win a hundred thousand dollars. What was he going to win on St. Louis? I just think oh, if you Barry. if you take a middle of the pack, he had him at what hundred to one. Yeah. yeah, right, right, right. If you take a middle of the pack team, that's uh, maybe a six or seven seed. They could go all the way. I don't know. Anyway, you guys don't worry about that, brother Brian, because you're taking over in total points, right, for a team. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm at the brother Brian. I'm gonna go Avalanche over ninety-seven and a half. I think a lot of people like them. Um, they had only had ninety points last year, but this seems to be a team on the rise. They have a really good young core. They finished the season out strong last year, from like mid-February on. Uh, they beat the crap out of Calgary in five, just lost to the Sharks in seven. Again, they have a great young core. They have this kid, Kale McCarr, who's going to be one of the best young defensemen in the league. Um, their goalie, Grubauer, is the number one goalie. He doesn't have to worry about this. the other goalie this year, so he's going to be the real number one. They added some good depth. So I think over 97, have, this seems like it's going to be the one of these young teams that gets to you know, 100, 103 points. So I, I do how are you going north of the border for your pick? Yeah, I'm going to go the Maple Leafs over 102 and a half points. Um, they had a great season last year, but they faded defensively uh, the last quarter of the season. So they went out and acquired defenseman Tyson Berry from Colorado. He was an integral part of the Avs upset with the number one seeded Flames last year in the playoffs. On offense, this team is loaded. Parlay kids, I think, would uh, totally agree with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Mm. I think Marner's yep. over-under is 94.5 points. And Parlay Kids boy, John Tavares, I think his is like 91.5. They also, also a big part of the team is veteran Patrick Marlowe. So over 102.5 points for the Maple Leafs is my play. All right. And I, I don't want to be grim here, but that might be the last pick you ever hear from Harry. 
on this podcast because you are going overseas, Harry, right? You're going for the London game, the Raiders and uh, who the hell are the Raiders play? Oh, the Bears. Yeah, going, going to London, leaving tomorrow night, um, covering for Odd Shark, uh, uh, doing some video content and uh, just messing around with locals there, having some fun and uh, going to the game. Should be a good time. All right. And, going going uh, to a Jim, couple of soccer games too, so uh, I'm going to be exhausted. But uh, I yeah. come Friday, but uh, you know, it should, like I said, it'll be good. Well, that's going to be fun. I don't really understand it, but uh, that, that's going to be good. Now, Jim, I, I was just thinking something. Now, imagine Harry tries to pass here in the states. He tries to pass off quotes from Americans as as his own. Imagine right. now. Imagine when he goes over the seas. I mean, that's going to intensify times a hundred, right? Yeah, absolutely. That should be funny when he says. Uh, I don't know, elementary, my dear Watson or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harry, you better wagon uh... like Arsenal, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, right. All right. <laughs> and Harry, you're at but, uh, AAO Harry, right? AAO Harry and also in the Golden Nugget, the best record as of, out of the four of us as of right now is me at 18 and 10. Eight over 500, but still uh, 29th place. So still got some work to do to catch up a little bit, but only two games. Actually, 29th place, but only two games out of second. All right. And, Jim, we need a pick from you. We need uh, Jim's Cunning Classic. Well, you know what? Let's call this your million-dollar pick. No, someone <laughs> yeah. else does that, Yeah, I right? think that's already taken. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, I like – actually, though, speaking of him, I do like the Patriots uh, minus 16 going to Washington. Yeah, why not? I mean, I wouldn't blink Washington, Arizona, Miami, all these terrible teams of Jets. You, you, if it's 15 or more, you can't even, you, you got to start there with all those teams and, and they're going against. Yeah, they're not going to score either. Yeah. Keenum uh, intercept. I don't no know. Dude, I Haskins isn't ready. How many interceptions he's got? He's going to throw 10. And then you got Brady, like Parlay kid mentioned, didn't throw a touchdown pass. Like, you know, he's going to want to come out uh, guns ablaze and that's yep. not bad. All right. Pa- Patriots minus 16. All right. Let's hey, take I, a break. I see real what Jim's quick. doing here, Sal. Sal, I know What's exactly what Jim's doing here. <laughs> It's going against the uh, Redskins every week. That's play. Exactly. That's what I was thinking this week. Yeah, I see it. They're awful. It's not bad. I mean, these teams are just terrible. Not bad. I, didn't really say are. Was, I didn't say it wasn't bad. It's better, it's better than golf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jim, do you dare say that uh, Patrick Cantley is going to finish 11th or lower? No, right? I have no idea who that is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we have Greg Jennings on the line. Don't go anywhere. No. All right, welcome back to Against All Odds. On the line right now, one of the all-around great guys in pro football commentary. I mean that. And he has credentials, too. He's a Super Bowl winner, a two-time All-Pro, wide receiver for the Packers, the Vikings. He finished up with the Dolphins. Maybe he could get that erased from Wikipedia. We'll talk about that. But he is best known for scoring a school record 50 points in a losing effort against Benton Harbor as a senior. FS1's Greg Jennings. What's happening, Greg? What's going on, Sal? How you doing? <laughs> well, thanks for coming I love, on. I love the intro, <laughs> I love the intro, by the way. Good, you you deserve that and better. I mean, I meant every word of it. Now, I do want to say though. Now, I've been talking about this dumb Lambo leap that I did for uh, the pregame show on Thursday night. Now, you gave me a lot of good advice before I went in there, but you also scared the crap out of me too a little bit. <laughs> I have to be honest. <laughs> The first thing you told me is you said somewhere in the north end zone or something, there's a four-foot wall where everywhere else there's a like a six-foot wall, right? Yes. 
<laughs> well, I spent. Did you, did you find the, it? No, I was still looking for. I spent like twenty minutes looking for this four foot wall, and I like Greg Jennings told me there's a four foot wall. I know it's six feet all around, and they, you know what? They took it down or they built it up or something. So no, no four foot wall anymore. So um, so I had to take it head on. Now let me ask you this: How many times have you done the Lambo? You had sixty four touchdowns, I think. How many were in Lambo, and how many did you take the plunge with? I did probably half were at Lambo, and. Mm-hmm. I probably took the plunge and jumped in the stands on probably almost all of them. And I really? never had okay. a mishap. So, and you never, really? So you like, if you, if it was 32 attempts, you were 32 for 32, you're saying? I was 32 for 32. Good for you, man. Cause you know, I got, I'm an expert on this now because I watched hours of video of people way more athletic than me uh being denied now maybe people were pushing them out of the out of the crowd if it was a opposing player or something but it's not an easy thing to do you take them do you take people uh through uh what, what's involved in the process yeah so i mean number one the wall is not as low as one would think with mm-hmm. how frequently it gets uh jumped upon <laughs> right so but right. your adrenaline is gone so you don't really think about that so you run up to it and you jump and turn you never jump going face first and the reason why you jump and turn is because typically if you jump and fail to turn in your face first your head is going to be in a position that is not uh pretty you wouldn't want to see it captured on film right right (laughs) let's just say that i got you that is exactly right and that's good uh, advice. And I ignored that for the first two attempts. I was stupid. I took it head on. Now, I don't have any pads on. so But I took it head on and I failed miserably. And then I came on, I took it from the side and then turned my body. Now, you got to get at least your armpit over the six-foot wall. And it is six feet. So once you get your armpit over, and now normally you might want to jump into the, the arms of like a, an ex-cheerleader or something, but that's... That doesn't help you in this regard, right? You want some like burly, uh, like brewery foreman or something, right? Exactly. So, so typically, what would happen if if there was a guy who got a pick or scored a touchdown, and they and they're not as buoyant, or I shouldn't say buoyant, but they don't have the spring that someone like myself has. Mm-hmm. They would find the bulky guys the guys who've been drinking beers that's leaning over ready to help and assist <laughs> pull you up. And they would then go and jump right there. Like you mentioned, throw your arms up so they can get a grasp underneath you and pull you up. So then right. it's like you're just doing the, the Lambo leap that everyone else does. And this exactly. is that. <laughs> that's exactly right. Now I will add, I, I kind of think it should be like the airlines do. You know how when, uh, you know when you sit in the exit row? I mean, you got long legs. You probably sit in the exit row, they, or you know, and they ask you ahead of time: Are you able to perform your duties? You know, if if, <laughs> if things get things get hairy here, I think it should be the same thing for the front row of Lambeau Field. Do you agree? Ah, that you know what that would be pretty unique. But you're saying <laughs> those those seats around the perimeter and the end zone. Uh, if you can't assist someone who jumps, then you shouldn't be allowed to sit there. That's exactly right. You've uh, you've uh, agreed to be in a dangerous situation potentially, and you have to you know you have to acknowledge that to uh, some stadium official, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but 
I, I think having the fan that can't pull you up is even more like in enthralling for and exciting for the viewer because it's like, oh, they didn't make it. They didn't make it. More pressure <laughs> on you. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't. I don't need any pressure. I'm freaking. I'm barely five eight. Yeah, I didn't need it, but now I can see what you want. But that's impressive, though. If you're telling me the truth, I have no reason to believe that you're not. Thirty two for thirty two is pretty pretty good. Now let me ask you: Your Packers or your former Packers play my Cowboys this week, Sunday afternoon. The Cowboys are favored by three and a half. I don't feel good about this. I don't feel good about this with my team. Packers have ten days of rest. Uh, their defense didn't look good. You can run down their throat with Philadelphia. I was there for it. I saw it. But um, what do you think? Do they rebound defensively, or does Cowboys' offense rebound? Who would you take in this situation? Uh, you know what? After the showing that I had saw with, with both teams, honestly, um, the Packers mm-hmm. Thursday night against the Eagles um, did not look good defensively, didn't look good offensively either. Um, and then I look at the Dallas Cowboys, who had their fair share of struggling, but they were playing on the road. Um, and so you kind of knew going into that hostile environment at the Superdome that they were going to have some some ups and downs. So with them playing at home against the Packers, I'm I'm going with I would I would go with the side. I would take the bet. I would take it. I know no. you. I know you're big on your numbers. I would take it because I like the pack. I like the Cowboys at home against the Packers. I don't know if the Packers are going to be able to bounce back, but I know the Cowboys don't want to have the same showing that they had uh, last Sunday night. I gotcha. See, this is why you're one of my favorites. And just as long as I have you, the NFC North is is it's really bunched up now. Packers are a slight favorite. Bears right behind them. Vikings three to one. Lions surprisingly, I think they're pretty good. Nine to one. If you had to, if you had to put money on it, which one do you go out of the four teams? Ooh, out of the four teams, no. Some would call me crazy. Initially, I said the Vikings, um, mm-hmm. and now looking at them and having watched them all play for the last four weeks, I actually like the Lions. Mm. I, I like the Lions. I, I feel they they have a running game. They can pass. Defensively, they can become more stout. The Bears, I love the Bears defensively, but I don't like them offensively. I actually like them better with Chase Daniel at quarterback than yeah. with Mr. Trubisky. But I just, right. I, I, I would, ha- I would jump out and say the Lions. Let me see the Lions, and that may you be know, a homework pick because I'm from Michigan. No, I understand. That's not, uh, that's not bad value. Really, nine to one. Listen, they beat the Chargers. They beat the Eagles. It really could have beaten the Chiefs. You 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 suffer a ninety nine yard fumble return for a touchdown. That's uh, demoralizing. That's tough to uh, overcome and, and add uh, Patrick Mahomes in the mix too. That's going to be rough. But yeah, this team could still be undefeated. They fumbled twice inside their own five. Right, right. And inside yeah. the Chiefs five. I'm sorry, they fumbled twice, two times. Like, I mean, that's potentially six points at least, at bare minimum. Six points, mm-hmm. maximum fourteen. Like, I like the Lions, man. Exactly. I'll tell you, you have like ties to all these teams. You play for the Packers and Vikings. You, you live, like you said, from Detroit or from Michigan at least for the Lions. Not nothing with the Bears yep. though. You're gonna have to do something to even it out there. Maybe equipment manager. I yeah, don't know I mean, you, do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I do. I did know their equipment manager at one point. No you longer did? there, but. <laughs> 
It's so stupid that I would bring that up. All right. Well, thank you so much, Greg, for coming on. You have anything you want to plug? I mean, you're on, you're on Fox Sports all the time. We loved you. One of our best guests. Absolutely. He comes and he does his homework. Anything else? Any other shout outs? Man, you got it. I, I love it. I appreciate you having me on. No problem. And I'm going to climb uh, Mount Kilimanjaro next. If you have any tips, uh, I, I'd appreciate that. You know, we don't have to talk about that now. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no tips on that. All right, great. Thanks, Greg Jennings. I appreciate it, pal. Absolutely. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds. I'm at Twitter at at the Cousin Sal. Send us an email, CousinSalAgainstAllOdds at gmail.com. Lock it in Monday through Friday, 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern on FS1. I'll be appearing on Thursday Night Football, the pregame show, Seahawks-Rams this weekend, Jimmy Kimmel Live, 11.35 tonight, every weeknight on ABC. That's that. For the Degenerate Trifecta, Jim Cunningham and Greg Jennings, I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Now-